0: Hello and welcome to Clear Out. I'm your host, Nihal Qatar. As always, I'm joined by my brother Sahil. How you doing, Sahil? I'm doing alright. I'm excited to get into it. I am as well. Starting with the biggest news in the NBA over this past week: the Cleveland Cavaliers acquired guard Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz in exchange of Lori Markinen, Oche Abaji, Colin Sexton three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps. A massive, massive trade with huge implications. What were your initial thoughts on the trade?
1: Well, I I was just a bit surprised. I don't know. For whatever reason, I didn't think about Cleveland being a major player in these talks, even though it made sense kind of all along when you look back on it. But you know, anytime you can add a player like Donovan Mitchell along with a core that's ready to not only win a bit now, but also get much better in the future with players like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland, I feel like you do it, and I, and I really like the move for the Cavs on the other side. I think the Jazz got quite a bit of draft equity, and um, they're, it made sense to you know get rid of Donovan Mitchell and start this teardown that I think is going to continue over the ensuing weeks and months of this season.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think um, Cavs fans should be extremely excited about this. Uh, about this trade, they, uh, you know, they they were able to keep their uh, three core guys in, in Darius Garland and um, in uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Uh, not that they're ever going to trade Evan Mobley, but um, and then they add probably the best player on their team now in Donovan Mitchell. And I think this really does make the Cavs a really interesting team in the East this year. Uh, I mean, I I do have some c- concerns about their wing and guard defense. Obviously, Garland's not a good defender. Donovan Mitchell has been one of the f- worst defenders. Um, even though, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell has the potential to be like an all right defender. Um, yeah, he has
1: a 6'9 wingspan. Yeah, that's insane. He's super athletic. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. So, I mean,
0: I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what the, what the deal is there. But I, 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 maybe if he can become a better defender, it'll be less of an issue this year. I do still have some concerns with the Cavs. I think they really need to upgrade their wing defense. They just... I mean, we don't really know who's going to start as their three. They were able to keep Isaac Okoro. Maybe he does. They have Karis Lavert. Um, maybe they go with Jumbo lineup. I mean, last year they did the, the Jumbo lineups with Markinen, Allen, and Mobley. Maybe they do that with Love, Allen, and Mobley. Um, but I I do think they need to add another wing defender because I don't think Chetty Osman and Karis Levert are gonna cut it. Karis Levert's a nice trade piece. I'm if I'm the Cavs, I'm calling every team in the NBA that has multiple wing guys, um, which aren't many, but I mean I don't know, maybe like the Clippers, they'd be willing to trade someone for a score like Karis Levert. Um, maybe even the Cavs, uh, Or are not the Cavs, <laughs> the, the Mavs. Um you know they have a couple of guys down there that can sort of fill that role, and I think they do need to upgrade their on-ball offense a little bit outside of Luca. So I mean, those are maybe two options where they could they could look, but um, I do think they need to upgrade that side of the ball for sure.
1: I agree with that. Those are areas of concern, at least at you know at that at those uh, backcourt position and at the three position, because I do think that if you're going to have a backcourt defense of Darius Garland. Who just physically is limited and is always going to be at best an average defender, um, and Donovan Mitchell, who, as you said, has the tools but has often I feel not show I've felt not shown the intensity on that end. Um, yeah, if you're going to have a backcourt with those defenders, it, you know it's gonna work best with players like Mobley and Allen in front of them. So when they when they make their mistakes, they know that people can, uh, that Alan and Mobley can clean up. You know their mistakes behind them, and I think, yes, it's definitely an area of concern. But like you said, they do have pieces like Karis Lavert to trade, which I, I think they should look at. And Lavert himself, you know, he's he's an interesting player. I think he he's obviously dealt with a lot of injury issues the last few years. Maybe he himself could turn into that that piece. But along with the 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 defense of issues that could could arise out of this trade and, and really we're already there because uh, you know we didn't talk about colin sexton a lot but obviously not a great defender you're you're in this trade you lost marketing who i thought did a good job defensively last year and you get but obviously you know the, any defensive drop off you're seeing there for donovan mitchell is gonna be made up for on the other end because donovan mitchell is 20 plus point per game scorer Proven guy has had some great playoff moments. Has had some less than great playoff moments, but you know, a top top player. And you're you're you're. They didn't you know, overall as you alluded to before, they didn't take a lot of steps back in terms of their current roster. You lost Lowry, Marketing. That's basically that's basically all you lost in terms of your current roster. I, I liked Och- Ochai uh, Oche, excuse me. Um, he looked really good in summer league, and I think he's a really good athlete, and I think he's gonna. He's going to fit well wherever he ends up. Maybe, uh, I mean, we'll see if it's on Utah in the next few years or not. But, um, you know, that's just kind of the cost of getting a player like Donovan Mitchell. But anyways, a little all over, all over the place. But I think that um, they should try to upgrade that defense. If they don't, I think that this roster right now is still kind of in that four or five seed range. I think they've kind of secured a, non, a non-play-in a spot to me. I think I think this roster feels like it's at that point. But um, shooting is another thing that maybe they could try to improve or, or, or try to get uh, at that three spot because uh, Mobley and Allen, obviously that's always going to be a, a bit limited shooting-wise, even though Mobley, uh, the reports are that he's, his jump shots looked really good. And I think that Mobley is just going to turn into a dynamic offensive player as well because he has a lot, of, a lot of tools right now. Nothing, He's not elite at anything yet, but I think he can, he can get to the point where he is.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. As, as for the Jazz, as, as you mentioned earlier, they still have guys like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, um, who could be trade pieces. Um, and You know, some some people they got from Minnesota, too, that could eventually be traded on. But they've acquired eight, I believe, first-round picks this offseason from the Gobert and Mitchell trades and Roy, the Royce O'Neal trade. Um, so I think, you know, like you said, they they, they – they tore it all down, um, and they're kind of going with that Oklahoma City route. Well, I am interested to see, like, what are they going to do with these picks? Are they just going to wait until, like, 2027, or are they going to try to, you know, in the next one or two years, bring in uh, a star or two? Um, you know, so I-, I don't think the future is bleak for the Jazz, although I'm sure Jazz fans... Did not, you know, going into last season or even the playoffs did not expect to trade their two best players away. Um, you know, but I, I do think there is maybe reason for optimism going into the future with the Utah
1: Jazz. Um, yeah, and- they've got some interesting players on the roster, too. Jared Vanderbilt, sure. very important player last year. yeah, uh, for the Timberwolves last year. Um, Colin Sexton, you know, has never been one of my favorite players, but he certainly can get a bucket and is talented. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker they acquired last year, which seemed like a strange move because he's not exactly a winning player at this point in his career, but he could turn into one. And, um, THT, who has had kind of a weird career arc, but maybe can still figure things out. He's, he's on the Jazz roster right now. Um, but like you said, I think, I I think you're right to, you know, kind of wonder a little bit about what are they going to do with these picks? Are these picks going to be that great? Maybe not. Um, these Cavs and Wolves picks, but... Like you said, I think they're going to be bad enough for a little bit where they can maybe get your Victor caliber player, and then you can package the rest of your picks to, to pair someone uh, a star with with Victor or you know or that 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 blue chip guy that you need to draft probably with your own pick, um, because uh, you know you're probably not going to be a free agent destination in Utah, so um, I think first you're going to need a player through through the draft from your own pick, which you should get pretty good picks if you're tanking, and then. You can use those assets to round out your roster um along with the, the one or two or three guys that you're going to get through the draft hopefully so yeah we'll see we'll see i think danny ainge has done a pretty good job in terms of just getting value out of go and mitchell um this this summer and i think that jazz fans should um they at least have a, a couple exciting players to watch this year um they also have Walker Kessler, which was who was the first round pick for the Timberwolves last year's so, or this past draft. So, um, yeah, I think I think they've done pretty well, and they have they still have Mike Conley and Bogdanovich on the roster. So we'll see what they can get out of those players. I doubt they will be on the roster by the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I gotta be honest, I'm not a huge Walker Kessler guy, but uh, maybe I'll be wrong with that. Uh, they did uh, they did sign. Um, Collin Sexton to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal, so he will be in Utah for uh, for a while. Um, any other thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I mean, I
1: just I just really like Cleveland's future going forward. I really like Darius Garland. He's one of the more crafty players. Still only twenty-two years old, can get a lot better. And I think we were seeing last year towards the end that he's he's awesome, but he's not like a Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Give this guy the ball, just, just, and he he's going to create a good shot for himself or others. That's where Donovan Mitchell can lighten the load for him. That backcourt offensively, they're both going to work well off each other. They're both great shooters. They're both they're both awesome catch and shoot shooters. And now they're going to get more of those types of shots because of each other. And I love, I love I mean I love Jared Allen as a mobile center who can play in lineups. I love Mobley to to play in different kinds of lineups and switch on to... A variety of different players um and he's only in a second year and obviously could have won rookie of the year last year um it's just it it, they have donovan mitchell right now for three years and then he has a player option after that so hopefully you know they can make some deep playoff runs and this core can work because um they've uh they've rebounded pretty well you know after after seemingly not having a good direction a few years ago they were able to get in the James Harden trade and get Jared Allen, and they were able to uh, select possibly the best player of last year's draft. I mean, in Evan Mobley, at least right now. Um, I still think Cade's going to be the best out of the class. But yeah, they've they they they've done a good job. I mean, it, it, this, is not, uh, this is not just the team that LeBron James used to play for anymore.
0: Um, you know, I guess we should also talk about the Knicks maybe because it was— widely reported throughout the summer that they were pursuing donovan mitchell um according to espn early in july the knicks offered rj barrett obi Toppin, mitchell robinson and three unprotected first round picks which to me seems like a far superior trade to the one that the jazz just got from cleveland obviously mitchell robinson signed an extension so he could no longer be a part of a deal afterwards but rj like, Barrett, uh, no Mitchell Robinson.
1: Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. That is true. And then R.J. Barrett's extension also complicated the trade. Once that happened,
0: it complicated the trade, but that's for different reasons. Different reasons. Right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Uh, no worries. Um, so, but I mean, being able to get R.J. Barrett to me seems like it would be a no-brainer, like from from the Jazz perspective, on top of two other guys and three first-round picks. So, um, uh, maybe you know the trade market just wasn't what it was now what, what wasn't what they thought it was going to be um at this point so they, they got what they could um but to me rj barrett and three first round picks from the knicks seems like a much better deal right um, because those
1: picks i mean that's
0: that, yeah exactly
1: yeah the future seems more uncertain there than in cleveland you do get oche who i really i really like mm-hmm. um and then maybe rj barrett would the concern be that he would raise your floor a little too much to lose games he's just He's just, you know, a little farther along in his career and is already a winning player in my eyes. So, I don't know. It's interesting what exactly happened. We'll, we may, you know, never exactly know how that all shook out. How do you think Knicks fans should feel, you know, not getting Donovan Mitchell? I I, I personally I, think that I, I don't think, think that's team... Yeah. I think they
0: should. I, I, I don't Donovan Mitchell is a better player than R.J. Barrett. I don't, but I don't think it's so much of an upgrade that it's worth mortgaging your future for for Donovan Mitchell, and I think the Knicks in the past have fallen for the idea of bringing in stars that are really good but aren't good enough to get to a, an NBA championship. And Donovan Mitchell to me is one of those guys. What is Donovan Mitchell going to do in New York? I mean, even if he's in New York, they're still not a top. I don't, even, I don't even think they're better with, than the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell. Uh, if if they if the
1: the Knicks were able to get Donovan, Mitchell. they possibly could still be skirting on that like playoff play in line even with Donovan Mitchell on the roster. I mean that's they, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, they, they probably get a little bit past that, but it's not it's not to the point where you feel like once Donovan Mitchell is there, they're going to be they're going to grow into a core that could compete for a championship.
0: Right. I mean, right. there's there's a lot more that they would have to do with that roster. And, and
1: the Jalen Brunson Donovan Mitchell, you could I mean they that would be a bad defensive backcourt too. Of course. And there's just not enough else around them that to compensate both defensively and otherwise. It seems like for sure. And the Knicks are gonna they're gonna be a big market, so they're gonna play, so hopefully players are gonna want to play for them for their sake, um, and they can leverage that in trades. And they still have all these picks, so just I, you just you know you just kind of wait for another star, right? You wait for the next disgruntled star or team that's tanking, and you try to get that player. Um, I think that Donovan Mitchell just made more sense on the Cavs timeline, and it seems like you agree, so.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Donovan Mitchell is is a piece, not like the star for for a team that wants to that has championship aspirations. Right, he's a really good piece. I mean, you know, if he's if he's a number two option, he's probably one of the best top three number twos in the NBA. Um, I'm just pulling that number out of my butt, but I, think <laughs> I I have to think about it a little bit more. But he's a he. My point is, he'd be a great number two option. Um, he would not have been that in New York. He would it, have been really the, the guy. So. Yeah,
1: which would uh, it just, I just think it would be a team that, it, I think it would be a fun, it would have been a fun team, and it would have it would have been cool. I mean, uh, he's from that area too, so I'm sure the fans would have gravitated towards him until, you know, they'd heavily got frustrated mm-hmm. a couple years down the line. It would have been something like that. And I do think Donovan Mitchell, like you said, so, so the theory here is that, you know, Evan Mobley is going to be, you're maybe your best overall player, or if it's not, it's one A and one B. Where Donovan Mitchell has that offensive skill set, that's scoring explosion, and Mobley is right. kind of like your all around guy. So, um,
0: well, the Cavs have a five. Like they have, they have players. Um, the Knicks just don't. They would not have players beyond Brunson and Mitchell. Um, like, playoff-quality players. Yeah,
1: because uh, R.J. Bear would have to go the other way. Right. I mean, there's Julius Randle, who... Oh,
0: sure. <laughs> I guess I completely forgot about Julius <laughs> yeah, Randle. No, he's
1: there, um, but we, we, we've we talked about him before. We, we, we both think that two seasons ago was a bit of a, an anomaly, and he's never going to get back to that level. But, no, I agree with you. That roster would have underwhelmed.
0: Sure. Um, I mean, I, I do think the one thing to consider is... Uh, I think for sure... Or Mitchell was... was Mitchell, I think, is very likely to sign an extension after this contract with the Knicks. We'll see what happens in Cleveland. Um, he, he does want to be... He said he wanted to be in a big market, reportedly. Um, but I think the Cavs are good enough to retain him if they can be serious contenders. Um, but you know what? The Jazz... I guess the Jazz were really good regular season teams. Um, can the Cavs make it further than they did? We'll, we'll see. That remains to be seen. Um... Yeah, um, moving on to the next topic, we're going to be talking about Kevin Durant and the Nets. Um, Kevin Durant has decided to stay in Brooklyn, and, well, I guess he didn't really decide to stay in Brooklyn, <laughs> but the rest of the NBA has made him stay in Brooklyn, but he's committed to playing this season um, with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, should be really interesting dynamics there. Um, frankly, I think the team's pretty good. Um but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be awkward after Kevin Durant reportedly wanted Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired. Basically, seemed like he he set told ownership that they had to choose either the GM and the coach or him. Now, seemingly, that doesn't really matter now, and they are all staying. And I think at the end of the day, like you said, it's a pretty talented roster. You've got, um, obviously, Kevin Durant. You've got Kyrie Irving. You've got Joe Harris, a huge a huge kind of in-between piece that you kind of need he's he's got the length he's got the shooting that that, that they're going to need to complete some of those lineups and then ben simmons we haven't seen play since that eastern conference final series against the hawks in uh eastern conference semifinal series against the hawks in 2021 hopefully he can get back on the court and i think he's the kind of player that will do really well around um kyrie irving kevin Durant with his defense playmaking um obviously there's issues beyond that that they would need to figure out, but. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are a little bit nervous, you know, a little bit. It's been a weird situation the last couple of years, of course, with injuries and James Harden uh, requesting a trade to get there and then very shortly requesting a trade to get out of there and Kyrie Irving the vaccine and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have to say this this lineup, um, I mean, this roster is a top five roster in the Eastern Conference, without a doubt.
0: I think so, too. I think, you know, if they have a closing lineup of, Kyrie, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neill, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Like, that's a pretty damn good closing five. Um, and they still, you know, beyond that, they do have pieces like Seth Curry, Patty Mills, I mean, Nick Claxton, um, so uh, and, and TJ Warren. Um, so I, I, we'll see. I, I do think – I personally think that the Nets are being a little bit slept on. Um, like you said, I, I do think they're, they're a top five team in the East. They have a top five roster at least. Um, and I do think there's room for them now that Kevin Durant has decided to stay, there's room for them to maybe make some more moves that, that, um, help the team. and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they can get a more defensive big that can help. Cause I think that's something that you're going to need in the East, um, against Cleveland, against Milwaukee, um, Philly. against Philly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's something, you know, you have players like Seth, like I said, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Patty Mills. They're not the same players at all, but they're, they are kind of redundant in terms of, um, you know, what they're providing around Kevin Durant, I, I, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they can improve their roster. I don't – I mean, Steve Nash to me, I don't understand how he's still there. I mean, regardless of what Kevin Durant wanted. I, I just think, um, you know, he, he, I don't know how you can – I mean, there have been extenuating circumstances, Um but they really should not have gotten swept by the Celtics, and I, I, I just we'll see we'll see it like you said how how they interact and and how happy really Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are. I mean, you in terms of having a big three, you they have probably let's say some of the most interesting personalities um, that you <laughs> could possibly possibly have.
1: Yeah, um, that's for sure.
0: I do think people are much more down on the Nets than
1: they should be. Yeah, I think I can generally agree with that. I think, you know, Vegas has them at a fair fifth highest odds in terms of winning the title, but it does seem like the discourse is largely negative about them. And, you know, partly their own fault just with the way the summer has gone with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But in terms of the encore play, I agree with you. With with regards to Steve Nash's job, I I, I think it's kind of hard for me to evaluate it because of all the extenuating circumstances. I think... It's so weird because it seems like the dynamic of the team right from the get-go, right, right, right when Kevin Durant and Kyrie signed, it seemed like they wanted Steve Nash as the coach, and that's why Kenny Atkinson was, was gone, and, um, you know, it's kind of, with, with a, kind of a player-led team dynamic like that, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to, to say, like, is that Steve Nash's fault inherently, or is that what they, they needed to do to get these guys on board, like, Obviously, I think we can both agree that sometimes Kevin Durant's played too many minutes, like in the regular season. And is that Steve Nash's fault? Is that Kevin Durant's fault? Is it both of their fault? Like, I think, and I mean, we, you can go back to the 2021 series against the Bucks. James Harden was playing, and I think Bucks fans were maybe happy with that, points of that series with the way James Harden was basically on one leg. And was that James Harden's fault, or was that Steve Nash's fault? So, I, I think it's. There just needs to be a bit more of a balance, I think, um, in terms of the decision-making in Brooklyn. And I think if they can just play to their strengths on the court, um, they can have a good team going forward. But it'll be interesting, like you said, how they can slightly alter their roster. But I think even if they didn't, they'd they'd be in okay shape. But maybe they are, like you said, missing a center that can bang with um, post-up centers in, uh, um, in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely.
0: And then finally, some unfortunate news coming out of Oklahoma City. Chet Holmgren will miss the entire upcoming season with a foot injury. He underwent um, successful surgery. Uh, So he will be out. He got injured in a crossover, which is a pro-am kind of game slash tournament. Uh, He was guarding LeBron James, and he got hurt. Um, So he will miss the entire season. Disappointing for Oklahoma City. Um, you know, he, he looks really good in the summer league. Um, it, I think it would have been exciting to see him and Giddy um, and some of those other young guys and just see like what they do in Oklahoma City this year with nothing to lose. Um, I think this all but guarantees Oklahoma City having another top five pick yeah. in the draft, which, I mean, maybe is good for them. Um, eventually, they're going to have to trade some of these picks, though. I, 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 this is something I just thought of while I was saying that. I wonder if... We will see um, it built into future contracts that, like, you can't play in these games or, like, you can't play in some of these um, series. Uh, That's cause interesting. I, 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 you know, I know the NFL has stuff like that where, like, players, like, you can't play basketball. Like, you can't um, do, like, dangerous activities, quote-unquote. Um, so, yeah. I, I, but the, the main story is check homegrown someone who was I, I was really excited to see not playing in this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the vibe felt like it was still gonna be a, a tank heavy season in Oklahoma City, but I, I I feel like I told you this at least off air. Like I was just looking forward to seeing one or two months of basketball with Shea and Josh Giddy and Chet and Ludor like all on the floor and see what they can do, especially like in the minutes where they're on the court together. Um so it's really it's really sad. I mean Chet looked good in Summer League, looked made some absolutely ridiculous defensive plays um hit some threes too like he's he's just such a unique player and it was going to be so interesting to see what he could do in his rookie season and I think you know when people are built the way Chet are you know people are always going to have injuries I'm going to be honest I have no idea if his frame impacted this injury if it's completely random I don't know I, I don't know much about the 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 condition and uh you know I'm not a doctor or whatever but um hopefully chat can rebound from this be healthy and you know we'll see him for that second season and uh it'll be exciting to get him back on the court but pretty brutal um especially for people who just wanted to watch the thunder like I, we were we were all so excited to watch the thunder at the beginning of the season but there's still reasons to watch them but um yeah it's a bummer um
0: yeah absolutely um yeah i mean another un- another unfortunate news uh, Danil daniel is also going to miss the upcoming season he was injured in, I think it was a World Cup qualifier um, for playing for Italy. Um, so, unfortunate news for the Boston Celtics. And, you know, a, a player they picked up. Um, frankly, like I, I don't think it's really going to affect the Celtics. But Gallinari is a player that I really enjoy watching. So, we're wishing for a speedy recovery to Danilo Gallinari. Um, and, and speaking of, of the World Cup qualifiers... The NBA is a few months away, um, but there is some great basketball happening right now, some really entertaining basketball. Uh, we have Eurobasket, where players like Giannis, um, Jokic, Luka Doncic uh, are all playing for their countries, and uh, some super entertaining basketball. Um, and you know the AmeriCup is going on, which is North and South America. Um, so I actually don't know who's playing for the U.S., but... Um, I think they are playing in in that tournament, um, but it, you can see some uh, South American and uh, Central American players um, like Facundo Campazzo, who I think is a free agent actually still, oh. uh, interestingly enough. Um, and also the WNBA playoffs uh, are ongoing. It's currently the co- or the semifinals. I guess they don't really have conference finals. The semifinals. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces, uh, probably the best team in the league all year are currently up 2-1 to one against the Seattle Storm, which this could be Sue Bird's last game coming up on, I mean, this, this episode's probably going up on Tuesday, so tonight. Um, and then the defending champion Chicago Sky are taking on the Connecticut Sun on the other side. Um, so some really good basketball watching, or some really good basketball happening. I encourage you guys all to check some of those games out um absolutely yeah. i mean like like germany beat lithuania in in double overtime and like franz wagner had 32 points so like there's just a lot of fun things going on i saw Chetty Osman hitting like step back threes for turkey it's just a lot of fun you know um and then the 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 end of game three between the aces and storm was absolutely insane there was like 10 points score or 12 points score in the last 10 seconds Sue Bird hit a go-ahead three with 1.7 seconds left and then the aces were able to tie it to send it to overtime and eventually win so
1: Uh, really entertaining stuff no yeah there's been some amazing basketball going on in the WNBA in europe um yeah it's 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 great to learn more about this it's great to um you know learn a little bit more about these formats because i think i think as we're seeing basketball overall just grow and i think it, it might become it's becoming a more global game and um, and the WNBA is getting a lot more popular, both in terms of engagement and just viewership. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see basketball growing in general and becoming, you know, a year-round sport that we can enjoy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you might think like these, and it's honestly it's fun to see like some of these really good role players in the NBA just pop off for their national teams. I think I think it was Kevin Durant who said like forty-eight turns into just a different player when he's playing for france he's almost unguardable i mean and just like reading some of these um stat lines from some of these guys like Jonas valanciunas had 34 and 14 for lithuania against germany in that loss um you know yusuf nurkic and bosnia and herzegovina upset luca and slovenia in the group stage um so i mean i won't keep off i won't keep on reading stuff but um you know just just a lot of fun going on and maybe we'll see some you know we could see some players uh come into the NBA from these tournaments um i know like Tyler Dorsey is like going crazy for Greece right now he's played uh for a few NBA teams um so
1: yeah and hopefully maybe you can see some some potential rule changes some potential low hanging fruit that the NBA can adopt in yeah. terms of just how smoothly some of the, some of the games can go um overseas
0: absolutely um, you can email us at clearoutpodcast at gmail.com um, you can follow us at clearoutpod on twitter make sure you tweet us email us listener questions we love to answer those uh, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast we'll see you guys next time on Clear Out.
1: thank you